0: So Good morning, everybody. Good morning, church. Good morning to those joining us online. I get the privilege of bringing you the Word of God today. I am Pastor Bonnie. If you're the first time here and you don't know, I'm the worship leader. Normally, I'm behind the piano, and I will be a little bit later. But today, today, I want to start off with a song because, you know, I'm a worship leader at heart, and I like to sing, and I like to hear you guys sing. So I want to ask you if you would do something for me, humor me a little bit, okay? There's this song that we used to sing when we were back in the youth trailer, gosh, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe. If you guys, any of you out there remember this song, then... I have bad news for you. You're old, because this song is at least 15 years old. But this is a song we used to sing back in the youth trailer, and it goes like this. So I'm going to sing a line, and humor me. If you would sing with me, I would really appreciate it. So I'll sing a line, you repeat. All right, ready? I want to be a reflector. I want to shine with your glory. I want to let the whole world know. That you're living in me. me. Here's my favorite part. I want to burn with your fire. Shine my light a little brighter. brighter. I want to let the whole world know. That Jesus lives in me. Oh, you guys sound really good. You guys need to sing more often. You sound really good. Well, today we're going to talk about being a reflector. Being a reflector. 2 Corinthians says this. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, and we all with unveiled faces reflecting the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from, from one degree of glory to another, which is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now Paul here is writing to the church in Corinth and he's telling them about how Moses reflected the glory of the Lord, but he had to be behind a veil because it was so holy and so anointed that the people could not look on it. Because they weren't worthy to look on most unveiled face with the glory of the Lord. But then he's telling the people in Corinth that now, now that Jesus has come and has become the salvation of mankind and has become the go-between between us and God, now we can, with unveiled faces, reflect the glory of the Lord. So when we turn our lives to God, when we allow Jesus to become the Savior and Lord of our lives. We can now, with unveiled faces, reflect the glory of God. So, what are reflectors? What are these things? What are the purpose of these things, reflectors? Well, thank God for Google. You can find everything if you just search. What are reflectors? So, I want to tell you a little bit about what I found reflectors are. They work To bounce light from a source to create more light. They work to bounce light from a source to create more light. They aid in helping with visibility in dark conditions. They help keep you... If you have reflectors on your bike or, or um, whatever, you, you know, on your car, whatever, they help you be visible and safe in the dark. So not only do they create more light and they allow visibility for others, but they create a safety for you. Now, I also looked at, um, there's a thing called reflector in photography. And this is really interesting. When you use something called a reflector, not these kind of reflectors, it looks different. But in photography, my daughter um, really enjoys doing photography. And there's this tool that you use in photography called a reflector. And in in photography, a reflector is something that reduces shadows. So now today, in this dark and dying world... We as God's people who have turned our lives to Jesus, right? If we want to be reflectors of his glory, if we want to be creating more light, if we want to be in this world reducing the shadows, then we need to be effective reflectors. Effective reflectors, that's a mouthful. Effective reflectors reflecting the glory of God. So how do we do that? How do we be the most effective reflector? I didn't even plan that. That's just, man, I'm going to remember that now. Effective reflector we can be for Jesus and for his gospel in this dying world. Well, first of all, I've got three simple points for you today. If you cannot remember these points, then I'm sorry, but they're really simple. First of all is live. Live. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live and move and exist. Not just living, but living in him. In him we live and move and have our being. In God we live and move and have our being. And how do we do that? How do we live in him? Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 tells us, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So today, I want to tell you a true story, and I have permission from these people to tell their stories today. But I want to tell you a true story of someone that I've met recently that exemplifies being a reflector and living in God, making the most of every opportunity and doing what the Lord wants her to do. And if she's watching today, hi, Kim. I'm so glad I got to meet you. Your story is amazing. Um, But her name is Kim, and she is the owner of a thrift store in Lancaster, actually in Intercourse, Pennsylvania, called The Bee's Needs. And my family and I went out to Lancaster over Christmas um, for vacation. We stayed in uh, Intercourse, which is right near um, Kitchen Kettle Village. And we love Kitchen Kettle, walking around, all the free samples. Well, they don't have too many free samples anymore because of COVID, but it's still fun. So we walk across the street, and right in front of us, we see thrift store, my girls and I. And we love thrift stores. So (laughs) we're going in. Like, that's the first place we're hitting. And I walk into the store... And all of a sudden, this music floods my ears. Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. The move of your spirit as heaven breaks out. And I'm like, oh, ho, ho, I stepped into the right place. I love that song. I've been listening to that song on repeat recently. Right? So I walk in, and my girls walk in, and they're like, oh, look at this stuff. Look at this stuff. Right? And we were like, look. And this sweater called my name. Okay, so I was just, I was gravitating to it. I'm like, I really don't need another, my, my kids call this a mom sweater. I really don't need another mom sweater, but it just, it called to me. And I had to see how much it was. And I was looking at, it's like $7. I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting it, okay? And then the woman behind the desk, who I later found out was Kim, said, oh, by the way, all the green tags are half off, or uh, 25% off. There's a sale in a thrift store? Oh, I, I'm in the right place. So we're shopping, we're finding all these great deals, and so we bring it all to the counter, and I'm telling Kim, I, well, I learned her name was Kim, but I, I'm telling her how great her store is, I love it, I love the worship music, I, I lo- this is all great, it's all wonderful, you know, this is amazing, we're having such a good time, and so I was like, what's your name? She so like, I'm Kim, I'm Bonnie, you know, I'm a worship leader at my church, and we're introducing ourselves to one another, and then as we're talking, and as my kids are sitting over on the side, they're like, come on, mom, you're talking too much already, we want to get moving on, I, I don't know, I just, I needed to know about her. So she begins to tell me her story. She begins to tell me how on May 17th of 2021, her husband died suddenly. And how one year later, on May 17th of 2022, the opportunity to open this store fell into her lap, basically. And so she talked with her family, she talked with her kids, she said, Guys, I can't do this alone. I'm gonna need your help. And they agreed, yeah, mom, let's do it, let's do it, let's, let's open the store. So with their help, they opened the Bee's Needs. And the store opened in November of this past year. And by all looks and appearances, it's doing amazing. Then she tells me where she got the name for the store from. She tells me that 15 years ago, actually 15 years ago this past Tuesday, her three-year-old daughter died of a brain tumor and they used to call her Junie B and so they wanted to name the store after a bee like bee's knees but bee's knees was a popular name so her her son came up with the play on words bee's needs cuz you go to a store to get your needs met so bee's needs and I'm sitting there listening to her story, and then she's telling me, you know, I just want to do whatever God wants me to do. I just want to minister however he wants me to minister. And I really look at this story as a ministry. You know, that's why I play worship music. Sometimes I put a DVD on of my favorite minister who, who presents the gospel in a clear message. I just, I just want everybody to know Jesus, and I want, to, I want to just do what he wants me to do. I want everybody to hear who he is. And then she gives me her business card. And on the back of a business card, this is what she's based her business on. Revelation twelve eleven, which says, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their life unto the death. And I turned that card over and I read that verse. And I said, Kim, you have all you need. You have salvation and you have a story. That's all you need to live for Jesus and be a reflector. Salvation and a story. I told her how awesome this was, and I'm gonna pray for her. I was gonna be able to become friends with her on Facebook. And she's awesome. She is awesome. You guys have to visit the store if you're out, ever out there. Um, but the way that she lives for Jesus despite the tragedies in her life is a testimony. Henry Nouwen says this, we are all called to form a community of people who through different ways reflect the great love of Jesus. Not one of us can reflect the fullness of that love. The second way we live as an effective reflector of God's glory is we love. John 13, 35 says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And that that verse is the very verse that hangs high above a coffee shop called Baristas in Linwood, New Jersey that I'm super fired up about. I love this place so much. And this verse hangs high above in the entire shop. Because this is what they've built their business on. This, this shop, Baristas in Linwood, actually happens to be owned by my husband's cousin and his wife, Joe and Layla. And again, this opportunity to open the coffee shop just kind of fell into their lap about a year or two ago. And they didn't really know what they were doing or what to do with it. But they just prayed and they just committed it to the Lord. And they're like, all right, Lord, if you want this to happen, if you want this to be a ministry in a way we show light to our community, let it be. Let me tell you something. Okay? Just look at this picture. Just look at that. This is called a coffee flight. You know how when you take a flight in an airplane or a helicopter and you get an overview, like a lay of the land? This is a coffee flight. This is where you get an overview of all the delicious, delectable flavors that they have to offer for the season, and you get to try them all. And if you ever want to experience a drink that feels like a piece of apple pie and a sip of coffee in your mouth all at once, you need to go check this place out. Baristas in Linwood, New Jersey. Yes, I'm plugging it. And for all, all the people listening online, too. Yes. It's amazing. It, guys, it was, for me, it was love at first flight. I mean, I... When I saw the names and the flavors, and I, I was just, I, I was, it was, and the flavors are not just like mimicking. It, it really, I'm telling you, it really tastes like what it says it is. It's crazy. I don't. Layla is um, my husband's cousin's wife, and she is a coffee guru. Like she just, she researches and she develops all this. She's amazing. She is amazing. But more than the food, more than the coffee, the, the food is amazing as well. Every, I wanted one of everything on the menu. They have got breakfast, lunch. Oh, I wanted one of everything. It was, it was phenomenal. I can't say enough about it. But more than the food and the drink are the testimonies coming out of this place, are the stories of the love that is pouring out of Joe and Layla to those that are walking into this place. And rather than tell you in my words, I just want to read to you in Layla's words one of these testimonies. Auntie Lane and Uncle Frank had actually visited the coffee shop and were talking to me about how my day was going. I was talking to them, just the three of us, and I was telling them that I was pretty stressed and feeling anxious and just not sure if this was all worth it. I was telling them that I kept praying and asking God to show me why he put us here. I was getting pretty emotional while I was talking to them, and then one of my employees came up to interrupt and said something, or said somebody was there and wanted to talk to me. So I stepped away, and it was Catherine. I had never met her before. She told me that it was her first visit to baristas and that she was trying to get out of her house and relax and get back into writing, which she loved. And she was inspired to write this poem. She said, here, I want to give you this poem. Consider it a gift from me. So, of course, I took it back to Auntie Lane and Uncle Frank, and I read it on the spot, and I broke down in tears. I then emailed Catherine to thank her for the poem, and when she responded, she told me her story. Catherine said that she was in an abusive marriage and a victim of domestic violence and had two kids. And after many years, she finally had the courage to leave, and she was working on rebuilding her life and her children's lives. So she decided to check out our coffee shop and just felt so at home and comforted here like it was a safe space. So much so that it inspired her to write this poem on the spot. I told her I was going to get the poem engraved into a piece of wood and display it in the coffee shop, and she was so thrilled, and her kids were so thrilled to see her poem displayed. She mentioned that they don't get out often to eat, but they had planned for a while to celebrate the end of what I imagine was a tough year for them. Guys, even when we think that the road may be hard and not make sense, even when we are somewhere and we don't understand why we are there and why we are doing what we are doing, When we continue to pray and seek God's face and ask him, why why do you want this, Lord? Show me. Reveal it to me. And we keep just loving like he loves. He's going to show us. He's going to show us the purpose. Loving those all around you with only the love that God can give us. That is how we reflect God's glory. Um. Praise God, I'm almost done finally. I've got, I'm on the last course of my Berean studies to be fully ordained as a minister after 18 years. But um, one of the study guides that I had on the Pentateuch, the author Roger Cotton said this. We reflect his holiness in our daily choices and the way that we relate to one another. All right, now. I've got one more story with you, for you. And I saved the best for last. It's actually not the best. It's the worst. But I saved it for last because it's the main point. I love to walk in the Manisquan Reservoir. And I have a place called My Secret Spot. It's probably not so secret, but it's kind of down a side trail um, by a nat- one of the nature blinds there. And it looks out over... Um, the nature preserve area of the water. And so I went down to my secret spot one day, and I walked to the water's edge, and it was so calm and still. Do you notice anything about this photo? Do you see anything about this photo? It's a reflection. It's a perfect reflection. Look at that photo for a second. I want to read this verse to you. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still... And know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Be still and know that I am God. Then I will be honored by every nation. And I will be honored throughout the world. The water was so still that day. It was, it was so calm. The wind had stopped. And I just, I just looked in amazement. And I, I couldn't believe the reflection. I, I took out my phone. And I snapped a picture. Then, when I got home, I, I looked at the picture again and I was studying it. And I did to that picture something. Does anybody see what I did to that picture? I flipped it upside down. It was such a perfect reflection. That when I flipped the picture upside down, I showed my husband. I'm like, "Look, look at this." He's like, "That's amazing. How did you do that? How did you take that?" I'm like, "No, look." And then I flipped it upside down, and he's like, "The right way." And he's like, "Oh my goodness, I couldn't even tell that it was a a, you know reverse. I couldn't even tell it was upside down. That was amazing. It was so still and such a perfect reflection that you couldn't tell one way or the other what was what at first glance." See, we reflect God's glory by being still, but not just the stillness that we think in our English language. Because Psalm 46.10, be still, in the Hebrew, is actually the word rafa. You know what rafa means literally in Hebrew? Let it go, let it go, don't hold it back anymore. You're welcome all the parents who hate that song, now you have it stuck in your head all day. Congratulations. Congratulations. You're welcome. I've been singing that song to myself. (laughs) I can't even tell you. Oh, my family thinks I'm crazy. I've been singing to myself, let it go, let it go. Because that's what it means. It means let it go. Let it go and know the I am. Let it go and know that the great I am. God is in control. When we hold on to things too tightly when we don't allow the great I am full control, when we don't let go of things that he asks us to let go and put in his hands, then he's not honored. But when we do, when we do let it go, then it says he will be honored. He says, let it go, be still and know that I am God and then I will be honored by every nation and I will be honored throughout the world. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what letting it go means. I don't know what it happens to be for you. I know what it is for me, but I don't know what it it is for you. But whatever it is that is hindering you from living the life that God wants you to live, whatever it is that's hindering you from loving the way he wants you to love, we need to let it go. We need to surrender it all to him. And when we do, when we surrender it all to the great I am, watch what he's going to do. Keep your eyes open and watch what he's going to do. When we don't let it go, when we don't let things go, we can create, we, it's like we're creating ripples in the water. That's that's distorting the reflection of God in our lives. I'm going to explain it a little bit different way. Going back to our verse that we started with in the beginning, 2 Corinthians 3.18 in the New King James Version says it like this, but we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now I'm going to explain it to you this way. We are called to be mirrors of Jesus in life and love. But we can't be clear reflections of him until we are clean and unmarked, a clear surface, okay, to reflect his glory. When sin keeps marring our mirrors, see, when we're born, we all have a mirror. When we're born, we all have a mirror. And sin, our sin nature, keeps marring that mirror. Have you ever gone into your kid's bathroom and you haven't, when you haven't cleaned the mirror in a while, and there's toothpaste and there's spit and there's pimple popping gunk on it? And oh, yes, yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> and 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 then it's like, where do, where in the world did this scratch come from? Like, how how did how did? Oh, we we something fell out of my hand and it fell on the mirror. I, like, what? what? Like, and so the surface is scratched and marred and gunked up, right? And so that's what sin does to our mirrors. It gunks it up. It scratches it up. It mars it. But when we say yes to Jesus, when we ask Jesus into our lives to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we're turning our mirrors toward him. Salvation is when we turn our mirror Towards Jesus to be a reflection of Him. And He forgives us of that sin. But what does this verse say? We are being transformed. Because we don't get rid of all that stuff overnight. You don't get rid of scratches and toothpaste gunk and all that other stuff overnight. Sometimes it's a process. That's what the process of sanctification is. We are being transformed into the same image. And sometimes this process of sanctification, sometimes this process of making our mirrors clear so we can be effective reflectors of Jesus and his glory, it takes some some cleaning and some polishing. Sometimes it takes, like this is a Mr. Clean eraser, so you know it's like a fine sanding tool. It takes some rubbing and some... Some work and some elbow grease. Sometimes there's, there's gouges and scratches so bad in our mirrors that we need an abrasive, an abrasive um, cleanser and tool to really get in there and fine tune and sand it down and make it smooth again. And then we need the buffer to come through and polish it up so it can be clear and it can be shiny. In staff, re reading reading uh, C.S. Lewis' Mere Christianity. I recommend that book highly. It is so good. Um, it's my second time through it, but, um, and, and I'm getting new stuff out of it that I didn't get the first time. But he says this. Actually, in the chapter, we're going to be reading this week. Um, he says, he, meaning God, shows much more of himself to some people than to others, not because he has favorites but because it is impossible for him to show himself to a man whose whole mind and character are in the wrong condition. Just as sunlight, though it has no favorites, cannot be reflected in a dusty mirror as in a clean one. If we want to be effective reflectors, To Jesus in this dark and dying world. Not only do we need to live and love like he does. But in order to even do that. In order to even live and love like he wants us to do. We need to let go. We need to allow that sanctification process to happen in our lives. It's not fun. It's not fun. And it doesn't feel good. I can tell you that firsthand. Right here, right now. I don't know if you were here last week. My my dad, Pastor Jeff, alluded to how I came into his office and and told him, you know, God's doing things in my life. And, and I'm, I'm not ready to, you know, tell you everything yet. Um, but just know that what I'm speaking is what I've been experiencing for a reason. God has been doing a serious work in my life over the past few months. And it, it's... It, it, All I could say is the message from last week: enlarging the place of your tent. That's what God has been stirring on my heart. Enlarging the place of your tent. In fact, that exact verse that that you preached on has been a verse in my life over the past four months. Enlarging the place of your tent. Something new. God is doing something new in my heart. He wants to do a new work. He wants to enlarge the pace of our tent, and it's, and it's, it's going to be a new work. It's going to be an expansion. It's going to be a, a, an expansion of, of the ministry that my husband Joe and I already do, and, and don't worry. I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. Just, it's not, you know, anytime, anything like that. I just, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet, and I'm not ready to, you know, definitively say this, this is it, but God is doing something and because God is doing something in our lives and because he's called us to something new, there has to be a sanctification process. There has to be a refining. There has to be a, a, a molding and a shaping of, of that new wineskin for the new wine There has to be a making room like we've been talking about. Make room for God. There has to be a making room for him to do what he wants to do. And that is for every single one of you in your lives. God has called every single one of us to be reflectors for his glory and his honor. That is our calling. That is our mission. The Bible Project says it like this. Humans are made to be reflections of God. sorry God's reflections of God's character out into the world they are appointed as God's representative to rule his world on his behalf that is the calling that is upon every single one of our lives as believers and that is a heavy responsibility that's heavy but what do we want what do we really want? You know, we say we want to see Jesus move in this world. We say we want to see this world come to know him. We say we want to see all the striving and all the darkness and all the wars and all the, the political junk. And we, want to, we say we want to see all that go. It's up to us. It's up to you and I. And all we can do is worry about us. All we can do is allow God to do what he wants to do in us. We can't fix somebody else. We can't preach and and think it's going to transform somebody else. God has to do the work in our own hearts. So that we can be effective reflectors of his glory into this dark and dying world. And reduce the shadows and create more light. As we close today. What does God want you to let go of? What's there in your life that's creating too many ripples on the water? What is there on your mirror that needs to be buffed out, wiped up, cleaned up? I just want to pose one question to you, though. One question that covers it all. I love reading Oswald Chambers, and um, I started reading him again recently. And he, on January 21st, of his devotional, Upmost for His Highest, He wrote this question. Has my life been a good reflection on his reputation? So I'm gonna close us in a song. And um, as I sing and as I play, I just want you in your own hearts, this is gonna be our, our call today. Reflect, reflect on this question. God, has my life been a good reflection on your reputation? Open up yourself to that question before the Lord as I play and sing. God, has my life been a good reflection on your reputation? Allow him to reveal to you what needs to be let go. It's a serious work, but he will. And it's so freeing when you do.